What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to the third and final part of this episode 85 interview with Vernon Law. So in episodes one and two, we learned about his background, we learned about his professional career, and now we got all the way up until his 1960s World Series. So we're going to learn more about what it was like to play in the World Series against a team like the Yankees and not only play, but actually win the World Series. So you're going to want to listen in and and hear what it was like from a pitcher that actually was part of this whole entire experience. And one other thing we're going to learn about is the fact that Vern is not the only talented guy in the family. Um, It goes down generation after generation, so he'll talk a little bit about that as well. And we'll give you someone to root for moving forward. This is an awesome story, an honor to have Vern on the show, and I hope you guys have enjoyed parts one and part two, and I know you're going to enjoy part three, so thanks for tuning in. Share it with your friends and family, and I hope you enjoy this last part of episode 85. I want to get into this World Series talk, right? Because not many people... No, we don't get to speak to a ton of people who've ever played in a World Series. And, you know, you guys had so much success, obviously, because of the team as a whole did well. But you yourself, you know, you were an amazing pitcher, but you were known as a two-way player because you could actually hit the ball as well. Now, we're getting into the World Series. Talk about the World Series experience going up against these, you know, the infamous Yankees, right? This is a big-time Big time team with big time players, and, and maybe talk about some of the players that you faced, and basically your your way of playing, pitching and hitting. Well, yes, uh, you know, well, we knew we were probably well, we knew we were the underdogs. They were supposed to beat us four straight. I mean, it was predicted because there's no way with, with you know with home run hitters, you know, Mickey Mantle, you know, and and Roger Maris, uh, the whole whole lineup, Moose Gowan, Yogi Berra, you know, all those guys had proved themselves. And so it was really interesting that, uh, uh, you know, that for us, you know, as, uh, as the underdog, to even have a chance to win, you know. And they had a great manager in Casey Stingle, you know, and... and he knew how to run the team. He had good team, you know, an outstanding team. There's no question about it. And and uh, well, you know, I, I started uh, I started the series off, you know, and uh, uh, we had we had a scouting report given to us because uh, we they had I don't know who wrote up this report, but they they followed the the, the, the Yankees. And watched the hitters and and pointed out their strong points, weak points, and so forth, and and so on. You know, and we had that report. We went over their report and, and about each one of the Yankees and how to pitch to them, and and so that really helped because you know being there in the other league. We don't have a chance to watch them or to see anything or know anything about them, and so that report was very helpful. I can just say uh, that their report was good, uh, but on two guys they were wrong. One of them was uh, was Moose uh, uh, Gowan, and another their shortstop Tony Kubek. They said you could pitch them outside, okay. Well, I, when they got up there, uh, <laughs> you know, well, you know, if you went up and down their lineup, you you would, uh, I, 
matter of fact, <laughs> the, the, when you came to Mickey Mantle or Roger Maris, uh, I had Ted Williams ask me, how would you pitch to them? I says, inside. He says, what? You're crazy. Pitch them inside? And I said, well, when I say inside, I mean about six inches off of the plate inside. You know, and if they hit that ball, it's going to be hit foul. But uh, most of the time, they'll take it. You know, but that half swing, well, back then it wasn't a half swing. If they swing at the, the ball, uh, you know, 90% of the time, they're they're going to miss it. You know, and so anyway, that that proved to be very helpful uh, to me. But what I would do, then I would drop away from those two guys with a breaking ball, hit the outside corner, or or a fastball, or change up. Uh, you know, I'd change speeds on those guys and get them out in front and it hit a little ground ball or something. But each one of those kind of guys, you had to be very careful because if you if you just rear back and throw fastballs to them, they're going to catch up to you, you know, in a hurry. And and they're, they're, they're both of them were very good fastball hitters. But uh, a guy like Yogi Berra, the report on him, uh, they they it says he's a very aggressive hitter. He'll swing at anything you throw up there. And so yeah, I I tell you, I threw the ball up and in, uh, you know, and and he'd swing at it. He'd swing at it. Matter of fact, he grounded into a double play in a very crucial part in one of the games I pitched in New York, and we got a double play out of it. But because uh, he didn't run all that great, but uh, you know, but everything, and so it, it was tough. It was tough pitching to some of these guys. But anyway, uh, they uh, they I think come in a little bit overconfident because uh, they didn't you know with all the hitting and, and power they had and plus good running speed on the players and so forth, they uh, you know. Fortunately, I was able to uh, to hold them down to the point where we could uh, have a chance to win. The games that we did win were like three to two, you know, or four to three, or something like that. There were always very close games, except for the seventh game, and uh, that was. Uh, <laughs> if Murtaugh was alive today, I'd ask him, "Why'd you take me out going into the seventh? Because I'm not going to give up six runs in the last three innings, you know. Uh, but that that was one of the situations that uh, that I'm sure that the manager wished he had left me in there because uh, I had a five to one lead going into that uh, seventh inning, and uh, they did score one run off from me, which made it five to two. But uh, I've always worked myself out of a little a little trouble, you know, that, that I was in, and and certainly. Uh, with the hitters that they had coming up after me, why uh, I, I, I had pretty good luck with them. But that playing against them, you had to be very careful and and to you know change. I changed speeds on them and so forth so that they had and it, timing. The hitter has you know they time you. They know uh, that they'll catch to you if you throw the same speed all the time. But I changed speeds on them, and that uh, that really helped uh, helped me to. Keep the score down, but uh, but anyway, you know we we win the first game. Uh, Bob Friend pitches the second game, and he had one of the worst series of any pitcher could have. It was a nightmare kind of a thing with him, 
because he, the games that he pitched, uh, I don't think he lasted three innings in either either of those games. Uh, Bob was kind of a different personality. Matter of fact, he's so hyper that I, I don't think he knew what town he was in, you know, because he he was, you know, sometimes pressure gets to people, and I think that just something, a big stage like this in the World Series, uh, you feel like, you know, that you're overwhelmed and so forth, and you're so excited, and, you know, you just lose uh, lose that little edge when you, when you can't stay calm and just accept it as another ball game. And and I can tell you, I didn't sleep too much, uh, you know, prior to my pitching because I was going over the hitters in my mind how I was going to pitch to them. So it it was it was that uh, you know because yeah it's a big thing it's a big deal it really is for a player I mean this is something you wish and pray for you know for your whole career just to have an opportunity to play in a World Series so yes there's a lot of excitement a lot of uh, apprehension you know uh, that first the first game uh, I was ready to, you know I was ready to go at three o'clock in the morning I you know I don't know whether I slept any during the night or anything, you know, it was just that how it affects you. And but I just kind uh, kept my cool, you know. And I was so excited to get to the bullpen and start throwing. And then when I got out on the mound, they played the national anthem, and here you stand waiting to get started, you know. Even that thing, you know, kind of shakes you up a little bit. And so now finally the game does get started, and. Throwing that first strike is important for any pitcher you know, to get ahead of the hitter immediately so that you can make him, uh, you know, chase some bad pitches in the strike zone and so forth. Yeah, yeah that's that's the way you have to do it. And and I just stayed, stayed cool, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, my tunnel vision was I didn't let the crowd or the TVs or the, the cameras uh, uh, that I knew were faithful placed around uh, my tunnel vision was I could see the hitter the umpire and my catcher and I concentrated on that you know and tried to hit that target every time he throw that glove up there and so that's how I approached it you know and unfortunately I could uh, focus in on that and forget about all the other stuff that was going on around me you know so uh, and with encouragement from our my teammates you know uh, our third baseman, Don Hoke, was kind of the straw boss of the outfit, you know, and he'd just kind of, uh, uh, he'd step in and say, come on, Deacon, man, just, just make him hit me a ground ball. We'll get you a double play and get out of here, you know. He was always uh, very positive with his encouragement with me. Uh, you know, if he thought the pitcher wasn't giving his best, he'd go out there and he'd make the hair stand up in the back of your head with the language he'd use. But he never did that with me. You know, he was always very positive, and uh, which I really appreciated. Even when Murtaugh took me out that seventh game, he come up and said, "Now, Deacon, when you walk off the mound, you keep your head up, don't look down." <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, he was he was there for me, you know, which I, I really that. appreciated. So, then you, you know, that's kind of the way it went, you know, during that series. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was very very important to me. But let me just say, in the seventh game, 
that 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 bothered me quite a bit being taken out, but uh, it was something that uh, that he thought was best. Well, as it turned out, it's okay, but I can't say it was the best because when my reliever came in, uh, he uh, he threw out a three-run homer to Yogi Berra, and that tied the score up, and so that that took the win away from me, like uh, it often happened uh, during my career. Uh, I don't know if the fans will remember this. I'm sure they probably won't. But Airroy, our our reliever, our short reliever, well, you know, the emphasis back then was on starting pitching, not the bullpen. But it, it's a bullpen now. You've got to have people in a bullpen that can come in and and win the game for you. Because a starter, after five innings or six, you know, or throwing a hundred pitches, they take you out. But that didn't happen back then, you know. But this particular year, the Elroy was 18 and one. Well, let me tell you, seven of those victories were mine. Yeah, I'd be ahead or something in the ball game going into the last inning or two, and uh, Murtaugh would take me out, and Rory come in, they'd score a run to tie it up, and then the next inning they'd score a run, and, and he'd end up winning the game. And that happened, you know, seven times back then. And it was just uh, that particular year. But Roy did pitch well in the World Series. He he came in and, and did a pretty good job. The Yankees hammered him, uh, you know, pretty good. But uh, uh, particularly in that seventh game, uh, I think they finally caught on to how he fixed his forkball in his glove, and they could see that and knew what he was going to throw. And, and I think that, uh, that kind of hurt the situation for him. But anyway, that you know that was the way it was during the series. But that I will say this, you know, the Yankees scored twice, well, even more than twice the runs than we did. Uh, but the, the games that I pitched and also Harvey pitched, he pitched a good game in New York, and then he he was the last pitcher uh, that came in to. Uh, to win the, the seventh game uh, when we won that 10-9 to on Mazeroski's home run. But uh, Whitey Ford was in the bullpen the seventh inning of that last game. He was ready to come in, but he chose to bring in Stafford, uh, a pitcher that, uh, you know, he, he was uh, he's a good big league pitcher, but he came in. But we ended up hammering him and, and had a five-run inning, and so we took the lead, you know, by two runs. And so now we're in the ninth inning of that seventh game, and and so Murtaugh chose to put Bob Friend out there to get, get three outs. Well, the first two hitters up got base hits, and so out comes uh, uh, Friend, and now in comes Harvey Haddix. And before Haddix could get three outs, those two guys that got base hits off a friend scored, and so now they've tied it. They've tied it up, you know. And so anyway, he he gets out of the inning, and so now been and we're at home in Pittsburgh. We're up to bat, and that's when Mazeroski hit the home run off of Ralph Terry. But I will say in all honesty, the Yankees had a better ball club than we did. You know, without question, they scored so many more runs than we did. But we was the games that 
myself and Haddix pitched. We kept the score down so that we had a chance to win, and and in those games we did win. The scores the scores were close, but that's that's uh, that's that's the way it happened in that that series. But uh, with Stangle, uh, that cost him his job because if he had brought in Whitey Ford, who who shut us out one game, and, and I think maybe we scored maybe one or two runs off from him in the two games that he pitched. And so, but he was in the bullpen, ready to come in. Uh, had he brought him in, uh, well, you don't know what's going to happen. But I, I don't think with with the run with the lead that they had after I left the game, uh, we may not have uh, won that series, but. Uh, Thanks to Casey Stingle bringing in Stafford, uh, we was able to come up with a win. So, anyway, that's you know that's uh, kind of the, the way that series went. You know, back and forth, back and forth until you know until we uh, was able to put it away. What an amazing! Like as you're talking about it, I'm just sitting here and embracing. It. I can feel like the the emotions of the series. And obviously, I wasn't born yet. I didn't even. I have no idea. But I can feel it because of the way that you're explaining it. And that's awesome to hear. Um, now, Vern, you know, your career went on after the World Series and, and everything. And then it came to an end. But you still stay involved in the game. And from my understanding, baseball kind of runs in your family. And to finish up the interview, if you wouldn't mind kind of just telling us about how special your family actually is. Because it's it's not just you. you I think you had a son. or a, Could you explain, like, the, the baseball in the the DNA, I guess, of your guys's family and how how that's continuing on. Well, you know, it was hard. Yeah, I I, I did probably my best year in baseball was '65 after the series because I could have won every game that year, you know, if I'd had better support. But I started off the season 0 and 5, you know, with an ERA just slightly over one run per game. We were making errors and not playing well. You know, the team had changed somewhat. And and so uh, it was not uh, you know my my uh, that particular my earned run average for the year was I think two point one two or one three something like that you know but uh, I never had any blowout games or anything you know I I pitched really well uh, and but I let me just say you know I had to pitch that to series on a sprained ankle. Because guys messed around after we won the pennant in Milwaukee and knew that, you know, that we was going to play in the World Series. I mean, they celebrated, but some of them celebrated just a little bit too much, you know. And, and so I, I got hurt during the celebration. The guy tried to take off my shoe. You know, I was sitting on the bus minding my own business, and they were cutting ties, tearing their shirts off of guys and so forth. This all happened, you know, and it was just uh, – a bunch of like a bunch of high school kids, you know, and they it ripped shirts off of guys and so forth, you know, and that's so we had, you know, it was not it was not the way that I like to celebrate at all, but but that's what happened, and so you know I was the last one who was fully clothed, and so they came, five guys came and picked me up, and they started to you know, and but the one guy tried to take off my shoe, and I tightened my foot up real tight, you know, and he was twisting, and so and I heard something pop, and so. Uh, and then that stopped it, you know. Ever, uh, and so I had, I pitched on a taped ankle, my right foot, the one that I push off from, and it, during the process, during those, the, you know, the series, that 
I retore my shoulder muscle. And so now I struggle for about two or three, well, two or three years with it. And, uh, and uh, you know, I was still winning a few games, but uh, not pitching like I was capable of pitching. And so, yeah, that, yeah, that went on. And so finally after, you know, 65 and 66 and 67 year, why uh, I've, uh, you know, I, I came back as a uh, pitching coach to them. Uh, for the 60, uh, 68, 69 year, and and uh, finally they changed managers, and the manager wanted me to come back and and be his pitching coach, and I said no, uh, I'm going to I've made a decision. I said I've I've watched uh, uh, you know I've I've watched some too many players uh, uh, you know not give their best, you know they're chasing around, they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. I just got fed up with it, you know, and even though I had an opportunity to go be traded to uh, uh, Philadelphia, Gene Mock was coaching at the time, and, and I was always throwing at least an hour batting practice every day while being a coach, and uh, he, he says, Vern, would you would you consider signing with us? You know, you pitch better than and throw harder than any of my pitchers. And I said, well, no, I've made up my mind, you know, and uh, I've I've saw Robin Roberts and Warren Spawn hang on, hang on, and and they couldn't get through three innings, you know, and so on and so forth. I said, uh, you know, I've I've had enough, you know, and so I left the team, you know, and then they came here, and you know, and I helped uh, my son Vance, uh, uh, you know, by throwing a lot of batting practice at him, and I took a job here at BYU as a pitching coach, and. I did all of that. Yes, Vance signed a professional contract. Uh, also, um, I could tell you a story about that, but I know you've, you've probably heard enough of my stuff. <laughs> anyway, he uh, yeah, he had a good career, a very good career in the big leagues, you know, and and really played well uh, wherever he was. He, he was a, he was a competitor, and and you know he was one of the guys that you had to have on a team because he. Could make all the plays, and he could hit behind the runners and do things. Hit a few home runs and so forth, and and batted well. Uh, you know, and was an all star, and and uh, I think it was '81, uh, where when he was an all star for the Cubs, uh, he went over to Japan and played uh, and had a great year over there. Uh, hit over 30 home runs, drove in over 100 runs, and was an all star there and so forth and. And had a million dollar contract offered to him, but he wouldn't go back uh, to Japan, you know. And because uh, his his wife Sharon was pregnant at the time, and he he's going to stay here. And and so, you know, uh, he, you know, he he coached here at BYU and did a great job for the, uh, the team here. And and uh, and but he finished up his career with the with the. Uh, the athletics, the A's, they're, they're in uh, in California and Oakland, and so anyway, he had a great career. Now, now we were rooting for a grandson, Adam Vance's son, Adam, who played AAA last year, and so yeah, we've it's still in our blood. You know, I I I, I really enjoy watching uh, the games and. Uh, uh, I, 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 I still have a hard time thinking that that why has a game changed so much? 
you know, a first-year man uh, in the big leagues today makes $595,000 his first year. I didn't make a third of that in 20 years of, of being there in Pittsburgh. You know, and <laughs> I don't know. Then you hear read you guys $121 million. How much do you need? You know, uh, this, this is ridiculous, you know, to guys being paid that to play a wonderful game. You know, I, I have a hard time with all that, but, uh, uh, you know, it gives you even that first year would have given me a, a, the security that I needed, you know, to uh, take care of my family and so forth. But, you know, it does, that, uh, the game has changed an awful lot. But, yes, uh, uh, but it's still a great game. Uh, I'm still uh, rooting for Adam uh, to have that. He's got the talent to be there. And I think we ought to do the same. We ought to do what the Japanese do. They allow two foreign players on the club because we've got enough American good ball players that can play in the big leagues, but they're not getting the opportunity because they have signed uh, some of these Latin players for like giving them a bonus of thirty million dollars just to sign and so forth. It's, it's ridiculous, you know. But I, I think the Japanese has got it right. We ought to have a real, true World Series by uh, them winning their league. The Latins winning their leagues, we have a true World Series among the, you know, and, and let our American players have the opportunity to get into big leagues and play as well. So, uh, anyway, that's my feeling. I don't know whether anyone would accept that, but, uh, because uh, there are some great Latin players that we have here playing for our teams, and, uh, and that's wonderful, to, you know, that they're playing and performing well. But there, it is uh, it is kind of a thing with me that uh, we also need to have uh, opportunities for uh, the American kids that uh, are working hard and giving sacrifice and doing the best they can and and playing very well to and can play in the big leagues if they're given the opportunity. And but with uh, with foreign players, uh, you know, I. Uh, and, and and certainly they deserve a chance too, but they ought to keep them in their own country, let them develop their teams, you know, and to the point where they can challenge anybody, and and they can do that. They can do that, you know, and that that would be good, I think, to have a true World Series that way. I like it. That's definitely an interesting take, and it's it's something to to keep in mind because I don't think a lot of people actually really talk about that, but it's a very good point to make. Um, and we're rooting for rooting for your family as well, so he can make it up there. Um, that'd be three generations. That's insane to, to hear about, man. That's just crazy. And you know, Vern, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and share your full journey um, representing for the good old city of Meridian, Idaho, which has grown substantially since you were here. But it's really cool to hear about. <laughs> it's it's definitely cool to hear that somebody like yourself was able to make it up there and have such an amazing journey, and then obviously continue on you know as it as it goes through the family with this amazing baseball talent so i appreciate you sir for taking the time to speak with us today okay well go warriors there in, in meridian absolutely go warriors and Vern. once again thank you so much we look forward to seeing the success of your your family members that are playing baseball and we just really appreciate you sharing your journey with us and for all the listeners out there you know the drill we'll talk to you next week 
Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.